The following content is rated explicit for language in adult situations. So listen with headphones. Or don't. We don't judge. Have you ever wished that your world had more magic? Or that your favorite character had survived? How about a full-length spinoff of your favorite childhood series? Then do we have a podcast for you. Hello, Fire Whiskers. I'm Claire. And I'm Kat. And this is Fire Whiskey and Honey, the podcast about your favorite novel-length Potter fan fiction. The Debt of Time. Each episode, we read a chapter of this story. And try to stay on topic. Which is easier said than done. Without further ado, here's this week's chapter of The Debt of Time. Hello, Fire Whiskers. What is that? You guys shot down all my fun ideas. I'm doing boring hellos. Hello. This is your co-host, Claire. No. Hello, Kat. No. Hello. My name is Elder Claire. Oh, my God. And I am here to (laughs) pray for me. And now we just offended all of the Mormons. Uh, Okay, I think... The Book of Mormon, the show, offended all of the Mormons. I don't think me singing, like, one line of that song was going to be more offensive than the Broadway play that made my brother-in-law, who is a fairly stereotypical man, go, I'm going to fucking hell just for watching this. So, I've never seen it. I really want to. But the only thing I know is... The hello song because of Neil Patrick Harris singing it at the Tonys. You want to play a game? I just saw that that is being, there's a new one. Yeah. I I heard the reviews are terrible, but I really want to see it. Kenny wants me to watch the first three and the one from 2017 because he likes them and he wants to see the new one. So we watched the first one today. So that's why I said that. No, I'm not watching any of them. I might watch Spiral. And actually, it wasn't really that bad. The only time I had to close my eyes is when Carrie Elwes was cutting off his own foot. But <sighs> Carrie Elwes is in those? In the first one. I'm assuming he was only in one. Yeah, that's yeah, a good assumption. In the first one. Yeah. I was just going to read the Wikipedia plot lines on them and call it good. I can't think of what these these movies are actually called because my brain. Song. I know exactly what you're. Thank you. I was like, I know exactly what you're <laughs> referencing, but I cannot for the life of me remember the stupid ass name. Crap! Is it Chris Tucker or Chris Rock? I always get them mixed up. Chris and no, Rock. Thank you. And it's not because I think they look the same. I just if there are two actors with the same name, I always mix them up. I mix you up have Tom mixed up and Tom Brady. You've mixed up, that's true, I've heard you do that. I've also heard you mix up all of the Chris's in the Marvel Universe, so. Okay, in my defense, at this point, they're just like. There's also three Toms. Com- yeah. There's also three Toms in the Marvel yeah. Universe. Yeah, no, but like, I swear to God, Marvel just goes, we need to hire somebody. Open up the contact list and sort by anybody named Chris or Tom, and we'll just pick one of those. Like, fuck you. Pick somebody with a different name, God damn it. Anyway. That's how you get Benedict Cumberbatch. I am here for it. But the real thing, the real thing I am here for is to ask Kat what happened was. Well, oh, Jesus. Okay, so Remus is still missing. They don't know where the heck he is. But then Maya has a vision. She has her That's So Raven moment. (laughs) And she sees him, and he's hurt and everything, and she keeps telling Sirius, like, I know where Remus is, and he's like, no, you freaking don't. Like, I don't understand why you think this. And then she tries to explain it to him, and she was like, I know where Remus is. And it's not going through his dense male brain. And then, eventually, she's like, I'm gonna go get Remus. And he's like, no, you are not. <laughs> and she's like, I'm going to go get Remus. And he's like, well, you're not going alone. So they go get Remus and he's hurt and all that jazz, just like she said. And everybody's just like, <sighs> guess we should listen to Maya from now on. Because at first she told us to learn Occlumency. We didn't listen. And then she's <laughs> having visions and we still don't listen. So Also, I'd like to pass- point out the... Uh- 
Cat Vindication episode just released last week or like two days ago. And everybody was really excited for you to finally get to that chapter and get your vindication. And you had a lot of fan support this week, and I was very excited about it. Well, if I did, I did not see any of that. All I saw was hate. <laughs> well, okay. No, there was there was a couple of uh, what Kat was referring to is that she read a couple of uh, reviews that were not so great. But the yeah, there was a couple of people who were like, I just realized what chapter is this week. And then it's all in the comments of people talking yeah. about it. And the people are like, this is what I've been waiting for. But yes, also on occasion, I... We, for the most part, have stopped reading reviews because I'm sure you all remember the rants of season two and season three where we were like, you can say what you want. We don't give a fuck. And then we were like, okay, maybe maybe we can take some constructive criticism. And I believe the show has gotten better for it. However, uh, self-care is not reading the reviews. We have a four and a half star rating. That's all we need. Uh, that brings people in, and Apple recommends us to other listeners. That's what's important. On occasion, people say things that maybe aren't very nice because they don't realize the fact that we read those. Because, well, frankly, up until this week, we didn't read those. But on occasion, we do, and it's sad. But then we read other ones where they're really, really nice, and we love those. So if you would like to make our whole day, you can leave some really, really nice reviews. And when we decide to abandon self-care and read reviews again, we will see yours, and they will be a light in the dark. So, anyway, as I was saying, anyway, the dead so, time. Yeah, so they go get Remus, and he's hurt, and all that jazz, just like Maya said. And everybody's just like, "Wow, should have listened." <laughs> so then, yes. So then they get him to Madame Pomfrey, and she's like, "I don't, I don't think he'll survive." And that was like, "Well, way to be a Debbie Downer, man." <laughs> so then there's some stuff about um, Remus telling them about. Um, the pack stuff, which I sort of understand now from previous conversations. And then eventually what happened? They all get into their, um, what is it? Their human form or something or something with the ant, something. I forgot what that was. Help. They, they got into Animagus forms when they brought Remus back. Yes, there you go. So that Remus would feel better. But yes. um, that was before Poppy arrived. Also, yes. just had a total breakthrough. Poppy Pomfrey. That's her name, right? Her name's Poppy. The Meta Witch is named Poppy, like the flower from which you get opium. Yeah, yes. I just realized that. She's literally named after the original painkiller. Anyway... Yeah, well, you know what I realized the other day? I was watching all Grey's Anatomy's episodes, and I was on the episode where everybody's looking at Zola's hair, and Derek thinks people are being racist because it's a white dad with a little black baby. So I got to the end of it where he goes, Meredith, did you know that Zola has a kitchen, and he, like, touches the back of her head? And I didn't realize that that was them telling you what a kitchen was, and I had to Google that when I first saw that because I was like, how can she have a kit? What? So when I, I saw that episode, I had to Google it. But then when I just rewatched it, I was like, you're literally pointing to what it is. And we didn't notice it because it goes by so fast. You're pretty. I know. Okay. So then at the very end of the episode, there's a discussion about sealing the pack bond. And then that's when I realized that they're going to do it in the apple orchards. Yes. 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 Wait, I need, I need to clarify. Who is they? Maya and Remus. Okay, great. <sighs> All right, so we do start this episode with an author's note. <clears throat> author's note. So, since fire, fire fiction, fanfiction.net, FFN, only allows for M ratings, this chapter is drastically more vague than its AO3 counterpart. Oh my. There are no fades to black, but the chapter focuses more on the emotional and magical aspects of this event rather than the physical. It is not necessary Darn. to the plot to read the whole chapter with smutty details, but yes, for those is. who enjoy it, I will say the AO3 version was actually made a bit more explicit than the original. Oh, also, wow. <gasps> oh my god! Also, for those who aren't yet aware, there is an amazing podcast called Fire, Whiskey, and Honey, hosted and edited by three awesome people who are reading The Dead of Time, giving live reactions. The podcast is absolutely hilarious, and you'll definitely want to check it out, especially for this chapter, because I just know there will be audible blushing. Much love to you, Claire, Cat, and Hannah Beth. She left <gasps> us an Easter egg! She said she... Okay, so for... 
fans that don't know, Jesse found out that we were reading this chapter this week and told Claire and I (laughs) that she was going to go edit the fanfiction version and drop in the AO3 version just to fuck with Kat. (laughs) And also Claire and I, while we're like, this is definitely dirtier than we thought it was going to be. Yeah. no, we're like, wait, wait, no, 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 wait, hold on. No, because... The fans want the AO3 version, and we have people who are literally paying for this, so you can't go do that. And also, this is like the number one draw to become a Patreon for the entirety of this entire show, all seven or eight, nine, twelve seasons, however many we do. This is going to be our number one draw. This is the month you want to be a patron, okay? July 2021. (laughs) Well, they know that they're listening to this in July 2021. It doesn't matter that it's currently May 16th. But anyway. This um, is what I get for ignoring the group chat. Uh-huh. Yeah. No, you weren't in this uh, I was about chat. to say, no, 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 no. That was in the, uh, we that pulled, was in the This is in spoiler the one without, chat. this is, yeah, yeah. This is a spoiler, spoiler-ridden chat with just Claire, Jesse, and I, where she's like, um, so this thing is happening coming up, and, uh, what if I do this? And we're like, <laughs> no, stop it! <laughs> the, the other thing was I told her that, uh, I was not comfortable reading the AO3 version and having it publicly available. For good reason. If bosses want to listen to this shit, they can pay for it. Exactly. So anyway. Uh, Anyway. All that to say, thank you, Jesse, for not just copy-pasting the AO3 version, but also for the Easter egg. Yes, and thank you for the Easter egg. That just made my whole day. (laughs) She likes us. She really likes us. Alright, so... We ended last episode with um, the following. Sirius waited for the jealous feelings to burst inside his chest. When that didn't happen, he swallowed hard, feeling uneasy as they treaded into untouched waters. You're going to seal the pack bond. That's your plan to save him. Slowly, she nodded. And that was the horrific cliffhanger she left us on. So knife, heart, stab. More like warmth starts rising, and then J.K. LOL tease. I, I was just so excited about this chapter because I think we were on maybe episode ten. The first time somebody was like, "So when are you publishing chapter eighty-five?" And I'm like, "More than seventy-five weeks. That's why." Like, it's going to be a while. But we're it's right. Yeah, it was right after I started editing for the podcast. It, oh, so, God. So some, that was like, that was episode five. Yeah, but it was like a couple episodes after that. So, yeah, like, so I would say eight or nine. Somebody yeah. was like, so what are we doing it? At that point, we had just started plotting out weeks of when it was going to be in the season breakdowns. Yeah. Yeah. This is, oh, God. I'm, I'm building up the tension. I'm excited. Got to be on my A game. Yeah, this better be as good as you're hyping it up to be, because if it's not, I'm going to be seriously upset. Seriously? Like, I quit. Like, <laughs> No, you're not. Like, if you're just, like, messing with my head like you did Cat, with me with that whole Tonks they thing. They sell like, a handbag that says, if you need me, I'll be reading chapter 85. They also sell onesies that say, chapter 85 made me do it. Yes. <laughs> There's an entire string of people who have chapter 85 babies. Literally. 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 account. The much anticipated. The I had to take my cardigan off. I am only wearing a tank top. Also, the air conditioning is not on in my house because I didn't want it to kick on and fuck up the recording. So I'm going to be sweating through this whole thing. Kat, are you, you're not wearing a sweatshirt. She's in a t-shirt. Good. She's, we're good. Hannah we're Beth good. is in a tank top. We're all good. This is great. If Kat needs to strip down, she clearly has a very cute bralette. I can see the straps. Anyway. Chapter 85. Invigoration. November 10th, 1978. And there it was, sealing the pack bond. It had been something discussed over the years, usually in jest, though Maya knew it had nearly been completed on several occasions during her relationship with Remus. There had been more than one tryst that ended up with Remus's teeth bared against the long expanse of unblemished shoulder, but he had always held back and refused to bite her. And now, when they needed the bond, and proper, a properly sealed bond to keep Remus alive, they weren't even dating. Worse yet, 
Maya and Sirius had been together less than a year, and a good portion of that time was spent handling several insecurities between them. What if we can't survive this? Maya wondered, as she stared into the gray eyes of her wizard, her lover, the other half of her soul. But if she didn't do something drastic, Remus would die, and then what? He would never become the future Remus who had given her the time-turner, and she would never have been sent back in time to begin with. So something clearly needed to be done. No, something already had been done, at least in the future. Remus was alive there. Please say something, she whispered nervously, terrified that Sirius would be angry and demand that she choose him or Remus. Her soul wanted Remus forever and always, but she needed Remus to live, and she had determined that this was the only solution. A part of her hated herself for thinking of the ritual like this. Such a dire necessity. But it was just that. Don't suppose we can see if Prongs wants to do it instead? Sirius suggested, with a short laugh. She ignored the attempt at humor. The stress of the moment was too great. He stood from the bed, making his way to a large wooden cabinet in the corner, opening it to reveal a bottle of fire whiskey and two small tumblers. Can that work, by the way? Like, let's say, like, obviously, it's Remus and Maya sealing the bond, but what about if Remus was into guys? Could that still work? Yeah, yeah. as long as there's... You have to have sex and bite. Sex and bite. It doesn't say with who. Okay, just wondering. Uh, Filling the crystal glasses with amber liquid, he closed the top of the bottle and walked back over to the bed, holding one drink out to her. Cheers, kitten, Sirius said, and swallowed the drink down quickly before returning to the cabinet. All the while, she watched him with trepidation. Let's go save Mooney. Let's? she asked, raising a brow. Let's is in let us. Us is in me and Remus and... Sirius refilled his glass in the corner of the room. Well, I'll need a few more drinks first, but yes, I'm coming with you. What? <laughs> Just keep reading. That, that, that's absolutely nothing. Just because you said I'm coming with you, like, that doesn't do, like, what? Just, just stop. He, just yeah, keep well, I'll just keep reading. He sighed before tossing the second drink down his throat. Serious. I may be a better man these days, a little more capable of sharing than I used to be, he conceded with a shrug of his shoulders. But I know very few wizards who would be entirely fine with knowingly letting their witch fuck their friend down the hall. I was actually thinking the orchards she whispered, ignoring his crass phrasing. That's, he began slowly, strangely appropriate, actually. He refilled his tumbler one last time, draining it swiftly. He set the glass down on the table and turned around to look at her, uh, look at the one in her hands, still full. You gonna drink that? She looked down at the fire whiskey, swallowing nervously before bringing the crystal rim of the glass to her lips and slowly savoring the burning liquid. We should have done this years ago, she said after swallowing. I should have made sure it was done, then we wouldn't even be in this mess. She sucked in a breath of air and tried to hold back her tears. With a sealed pack bond, he wouldn't have been seen as a threat. He might have been welcomed as an ally instead of the spy that he was. Sirius sighed and stepped between her thighs, placing his hands on her shoulders where he attempted to rub the stress from them. Well, I can understand why Remus wouldn't want to. And maybe it should have happened when you were together. Or maybe we should have done this when Lily found out about the pack bond and Bloody suggested that we seal it. It needs to be done. I'll be all right, he promised her. But you need to get your shit together. Stop crying, because you can't go into his room and bring up this subject with tears in your eyes. He'll see it as a pity fuck. And all I can think of is, (laughs) you need to stop crying. Nobody's going to shag you if you cry all the time. Or whatever the fuck that line is from Love Actually. Yep. Cat's like, I don't give a fuck. Keep reading. <laughs> Maya wiped the tears from her face and reached for her wand, casting a cooling charm on her skin to take the swelling and blotchiness away from her eyes. You're right. It should have been done a long time ago. Sirius continued. Frankly, I blame Prongs's prudish tendencies rubbing off on the rest of us. He smirked, and Maya actually found herself laughing in reaction. Plus, I'd be lying if I said I haven't been a little curious. 
Before she could think of how to reply to that, he tugged on her hands and lifted her to her feet. He pressed his cheek to hers, his hands roaming over her hips to cup her arse. Maya began to panic as thousands of thoughts simultaneously intruded into her mind. How is this even going to work? I've always assumed that when it needed to be done, it would just be me and Remus, or maybe two of you would get drunk and experimental, but with three of us, oh, Merlin, three? She breathed in deep, as she felt herself begin to hyperventilate. Relax, kitten, Sirius smirked. I can count two. I'm pretty sure we can figure out the logistics as we go. That's easy for you to say. Do you plan on being the one in the middle? She demanded her voice cracking a bit as the fryer whiskey threatened to make a return trip. Well, Sirius began with a dark chuckle, squeezing her arse again. It's not as though we're entering totally undiscovered territory here, kitten. Never simultaneously, she anxiously argued. Sirius was right. The two of them had little mystery left when it came to the bedroom, and she enjoyed all of their activities. However, while she had only ever been with Sirius and Remus separately, and no one else to compare them to... She never before had reason to complain for size or stamina, and what had previously been something that left her feeling just a bit smugly pleased, now had her mind reeling with logistic issues regarding positions and whether or not her body would even be accommodating for such a feat. Sirius, however, whether thanks to fire whiskey or his own desires, seemed much more relaxed. Perhaps it should have unnerved her to see the glint in his grey eyes, but in reality, he was right. She couldn't go into Remus's room looking like she was a virgin being sacrificed to stop the world from ending, and she was strangely grateful for the curiosity and arousal coming from him. A very quick, very hot bath and a few drops of calming dropped later. Maya stood at the entrance to Remus's room, her old bedroom, where he had been resting since she and Sirius had saved him almost a month earlier. Sirius stood behind her, toying with the sleeves of her green and black robes. They were long, simple, and had been kept in the back of Doria's closet, reminiscent of robes often worn during the ritual magic. Maya found them to be tastefully appropriate for this situation. When they entered the room, Maya and Sirius made their way to the foot of the bed where Remus slept. The fact that he didn't stir at the intrusion gave her insight to his condition. Though his wounds had all healed, it was the drained magic that was killing him. Given a few months, had he not had lycanthropy, Remus would have recovered fully, but with the approaching full moon, he wouldn't have enough magic to survive the pain of one final transformation. Remus, Maya whispered his name reverently, doing her best to follow Sirius's advice and keep her worries and anxieties away for the moment. Soft green eyes slowly opened, and Remus looked towards the foot of the bed where they stood. He looked back and forth between the two of them, the corners of his mouth turning down. Maya winced, realizing he must have noticed the unease in her stare. "'What's wrong?' "'Are you in any pain?' she asked. Remus shook his head, straining as he forced himself to sit up. "'No, just tired.' She knew that he had been awake off and on during his recovery, if it could even be considered that any more. The pain had gone away a week or so earlier, save for the momentary lapse when his wolfsbane potion basically poisoned him. He had told her that the fatigue had been the hardest, almost as if he could feel his own magic slipping away from him. The thought terrified her. "'Drink this,' Sirius said, stepping forward and placing an open phial into Remus's hand. "'What is it?' "'Invigoration draught. Concentrated,' Sirius replied. "'Trust me, mate. You're gonna need it.' "'For what?' Sirius smirked as he walked back to stand behind her. A get-well-soon gift. Maya kept her gaze trained on Remus, willing her pulse to slow down to something resembling excitement rather than panic. Remus watched with a curious expression, looking confused when Sirius wrapped his arms around her body where her robes were tied at the front. With long fingers, Sirius tugged at the strings and then very slowly pulled at the fabric, letting it slip away from her bare skin like water. He revealed the valley between her breasts and the hint of her stomach and navel. Remus's lips parted, and his breath quickened. As Maya and Remus kept eye contact, Sirius had his chest pressed against her back tightly, lips mouthing the side of her neck while arms wound themselves around her waist. 
Huh? <laughs> he said you're making a face. Okay. Quick pause. Hey, you doing okay? Yeah, I I don't I don't know. For for some reason, this isn't like making me react like I normally do. Like I'm kind of tearing up, but I, I don't know that's know why I asked if you were okay. I, I I don't know. I I don't know. It'll be okay. Like I I, know. I, I, I don't know. Remus is sick. I mean, it's sad. it is a super like yeah emotion charged, weird kind of love charged scene. I just so. wanted to check in. You looked like you were having a tough time, so. All right. Well, it, this only happens like because that's my reaction when I so I don't yeah. understand. Yeah. Like I don't. Okay. At least I'm not laughing. At least you're not. <laughs> Although that is also funny. But anyway, we're fine. We're doing both at the same time because I do do that. But I just I don't under I I I don't know. I don't know. Great choice of words. Anyway. Uh- <laughs> Remus's lips parted, and his breath quickened. As Maya and Remus kept eye contact, Sirius had his chest pressed against her back tightly, lips mouthing the side of her neck while arms wound themselves around her waist. Maya arched her back a little, still staring at Remus with her mouth open. She imagined that, had he not been so ill, he might have actually said something or even tried to leave, embarrassed. Instead, he sat there, looking shocked, as though he were wondering if he were hallucinating. If their display had not been clear enough, Sirius tilted Maya's head to the side, revealing her bared shoulder. Remus's eyes widened in perfect understanding, and he shook his head. No, absolutely not. I'd like to think I'm being very mature about this right now, Mooney. Don't make me resort to less-than-honorable tactics in order to save your fucking life. You can't honestly be thinking. Get over yourself, Sirius snapped. It needs to be done. You want it to be done. We want it to be done. The only thing standing in our way is your fear of taking the first bite. Literally. You won't hurt her. Remus shook his head again. You don't know that. I do, Maya said, her eyes meeting Remus's. Unable to speak a word of the truth, she tried to convey what she could by going around the loophole in Dumbledore's spell. A part of her wanted to force the real words out of her mouth, but after collapsing at Tut's Towers months earlier, she was finding it more and more difficult to break through the Tessere Veritas. Remus, I know you won't hurt me. It's not just... Remus began, refusing to make eye contact with Sirius, who lingered just behind her. It's not just you, Remus, Maya said. We put you in danger by letting you go off and spying on other werewolves without a sealed pack bond. It left you vulnerable, and we're at war. What happens if one of us has to face another pack? We'd be left similarly. It'll increase our magic and our ability to heal. Most importantly right now, it'll save your life. Maya, we can't lose you, she said, wishing the tears in her eyes would retreat. Sighing, Remus turned his attention to Sirius. And you're all right with this? If it bothers you that much, I could always send the witch away and take care of things myself, Sirius challenged, and Remus actually snorted a small laugh in response, looking not overly inclined to tempt his friend. Do you trust me? Maya asked softly. Yes, Remus replied right away, more than anyone. Do you want me? Before he could answer, Sirius touched her unexpectedly, and she let out a shaky whimper. The noise, likely mixed with the heady smell of arousal, caused Remus's eyes to flash gold, and he nodded. Drink the potion, Sirius instructed him. I don't want you blacking out before it's done then, yeah? Remus threw back the invigoration draught, which kicked in without delay. While the color hadn't returned to his ashen complexion, his eyes were brighter and he moved with speed that seemed uninhibited by his ailments. Kneeling on the bed, he faced Maya, who climbed onto the mattress with him, her silky robes pooled around her knees. Still looking apprehensive, Remus glanced over Maya's shoulder again, where Sirius was breathing hot against the shell of her ear. "'Kiss him, kitten,' Sirius whispered. 
As if drugged by his instruction, Maya leant forward and gently brushed her lips against Remus's, taking in the familiar flavor that was distinctly him. Remus seemed hesitant at first, but he fell into the kiss all too easily, groaning when her tongue swept across the seam of his lips, requesting entrance. Whoa, wait, pause. Back up. It's the three of them together, or Sirius is just telling him what to do? Well, Sirius just told her what to do. That's it. So he's just standing there being like, hey, do it like this and, like, go team? Like, what? What? He's there for support. He's watching this? Where was I? I am so confused right now. Just go with it. We're going to have to redo this because I don't like the way that this is going. Okay. I really, I really don't. Like, this this feels... Just keep reading. It's an interesting chapter. Uh, it's like, what is he, the coach? Like, <laughs> God, that's what it, like, that's what I'm picturing. Like, a, a little bit, yes. It, like, it, defense, like, that's what I'm, like. No, no, she's on the offense, honey. Um, sorry, I couldn't help it. You said defense. It opened to the joke. Anyway, um, where was so I? Jokes about balls. Oh, my God. So balls. <laughs> Too many balls in one court. Anyway. Whatever. I'm confused. That's fine. That that's that was your standard for like three seasons, so we're good. Like let's just let's just stay on that train. It it does well. It sells. Before she even had a chance to, Remus delved his tongue into her mouth, kissing her greedily. The approaching moon, the invigoration draft, and the prospect of death on the horizon likely added to his lack of inhibitions. Maya let out a breathy sigh as a shiver ran up her spine. Remus growled hungrily in response, but he looked like his mind was racing. Tell me, Maya whispered. I'm, I'm trying to find a word to describe this. The French call it, Sirius began, but Maya reached back and pinched his thigh. Complicated, she suggested. Remus laughed softly, running his palms up her arms. Certainly, but not the right word. Stressful? She leaned into his touch as his palm moved from her shoulder to her cheek. A bit, but not for the reasons I suppose it should be. Uncomfortable? Remus asked, looking worried. I'm feeling pretty fucking good, Sirius muttered. Maya rolled her eyes, smiling. Oddly enough, no, she told Remus. I'm not uncomfortable. They stared at one another heat radiating between their bodies. Awkward silence threatened to overtake them until Sirius reached under Maya's arms, took hold of Remus's wrist, and slowly dragged it down until Remus's hands cupped abreast. Inevitable, Sirius said. Yes, Maya said breathily. Inevitable. Yes, that was the word. Somehow, the moment between the three of them was just that. Inevitable. Remus seemed to agree, silently, and he returned to her lips, kissing her deeply and nipping at her lower lip. Suddenly, Maya found herself wrapped in his arms and being lifted away from the foot of the bed, slammed down onto the mattress. A golden-eyed Remus hovered over her. Any previous hesitation about whether or not he would be consenting were dashed away, and a familiar heat pooled in her belly while his mouth lazily breathed against the skin of her shoulder. She froze up in anticipation of the approaching bite, and she could hear Sirius chuckling from the side of the bed where he stood, staring down at her. Not yet, love, Sirius smirked, his gaze slowly trailing down her body, likely following the colored flush of warmth she could feel working its way from her cheeks to her neck and across her breasts. Don't go running to the finish line. You let Mooney and me have a little fun first. Remus pulled back. Smiling down at her, she shifted her thighs beneath him. Staring up into the faces of the two men, she felt suddenly intimidated by their combined presence, both looking at her with familiar gazes of love and desire. Feeling inadequate for the task at hand, Maya turned her head away from them, only to feel her chin being tilted back by Remus, who stared at her, intensely. She swallowed, realizing her mistake, and remembering that if the two shared any one thing in common— It was that they both insisted she look at them when they pleasured her. 
They wanted to burn the moment into her eyes so that when she reflected on it in the future, she would never forget that it was them who had taken her to such amazing heights. Remus's gaze pulled away from hers as he slowly moved south, his lips and teeth grazing over the hills and valleys of her flesh. He licked a circle around her navel before nipping lightly at her pelvis, settling comfortably in the open hollow of her thighs. She felt him growl, and it made her jump in concern. Her confusion only deepened when Sirius chuckled. Sitting up on her elbows, she looked down at Remus and saw the problem. There, on her otherwise perfect flesh, she had been marked. Sirius. Remus, or rather Mooney, instinctively growled at the tattoo. Get over it, mate, Sirius gloated. Maya's attention was drawn to movement at her side, and her gaze turned to Sirius's face, his eyes dark with lust as he stared down at her. It was only then that she realized he had shed his clothing. Eager to level the playing field for all three of them, she tucked her toes in the waistband of Remus's pajamas and pushed them down around his hips. Maya's gaze was still on Sirius's face. She noticed he looked to be curiously amused at her reactions to Remus's ministrations. She had worried she, he would observe with jealousy, comparing the way she moaned with Remus to the way she moaned with him, something that would certainly cause a fight in the future. Instead, Remus watched or, sorry, Sirius watched diligently with entertained interest that reminded her of the way he would pay attention in class while learning a new charm. Oh, Merlin, he's taking notes for later, Maya thought, with a roll of her eyes. How did she taste, Mooney? Sirius whispered huskily as he leaned down by the side of the bed, hovering his bare chest over Maya, his silver-gray eyes boring into her with an intensity for which she was not yet emotionally ready. Like honey, Remus mumbled from below. I know, Sirius agreed with a dark grin. Not to call into question your talents here, Remus, but she'd be screaming by now if I was down there. You going to need a hand, mate? In reply, Remus growled fiercely. Reacting to the vibrations, Maya let out a loud cry. Her eyes narrowed up at Sirius, who was beaming with excitement, laughing at her reaction despite the glare she was giving him. Oh, it's all right, kitten. A little healthy competition is encouraging, and it certainly looks as though you're reaping the benefits, he said smugly. She let out a stifled, whimpering noise, a warning that she was on that delicious edge of oblivion. Sirius hovered above her, his lips barely grazing her own as he stared into her eyes with inquisitiveness. She felt her face begin to flush the closer she, became, er, the closer she came to shattering. I wonder he whispered, eyes blazing with lust, as her body began to shake beneath them both. Do you think you taste different when he makes you come? Maya whimpered, finding herself nearly incoherent as he spoke. Normally, Sirius switched between speaking and moving, teasing her with his words, before satisfying her need with his body. But now, shared between the two men, she was being tended to, uh, tended to by both at once, and good Godric, it was almost too much. The combination of every touch, lick, and whispered word had the coil inside of her snapping, breaking, unfurling in a violent storm of pleasure. The resulting noises that escaped her mouth were claimed by Sirius, capturing each cry as though he were testing his most recent theory, grinning triumphantly over the results. As each man pulled away from her quivering body, she was panting, quaking in the aftermath. Remus looked smug, but still hungry, while Sirius looked elatedly pleased with the turn of events. That elated look vanished rather quickly into one of curious concern as he asked, So, did either of you remember to throw up a silencing charm? Maya's eyes widened, and before either man could move, or even worse, before James could burst through the doors, she disapparated them out of the manor and into the orchards where she had originally planned to complete the ritual. They landed in the soft grass beneath the large trees. With her wand and her robes that were still pooled around her body, she cast a warming charm around the three of them. She looked skyward, where, in the blackness of the night sky, the waxing moon shone down at them. Then... There, just between the branches of the two intertwined trees, Maya could see it, the brightest star in the sky. Inevitable, she thought again, recalling the time spent years ago in the room of requirement. You are the sky, 
Remus had once told her. She was the sky, the endless, timeless creation that was equal parts light and day, the sky filled with bursting stars and the glowing swell of a risen moon. Distract her, Mooney, she vaguely heard Sirius mutter over her shoulder. Suddenly, Maya felt hands in her hair and lips descended to her own. Her hands rubbed up and down Remus's bare, scarred chest. His skin felt like beautiful braille, spelling out the history of his heroics. Maya grinned through the assault on her mouth when she felt Remus growl against her as, he br- as she brushed her knuckles across one of his nipples. Stop moving so much. Sirius snarled from behind her. Knowing what was coming, Maya didn't resist when Sirius pushed her forward, his hands running against the skin of her hips and then teasing around her arse. She looked up and watched Remus as he observed Sirius's movements from over her shoulders. Good kitten, Sirius whispered, as she finally relaxed against the intrusion of him, overly aroused at the feel of him inside of her, and the sight of Remus reacting to it. Sirius pulled her up, his chest pressed against her back and one of his knees nudging her legs further apart. "'Are you ready for this, love?' Remus asked, with no hesitation in his voice as he took her face gently into his hands, looking into her with adoration. She felt completely dominated and yet safe at the same time, trapped and held in place tightly by the lover at her back, who was offering her up as a consenting sacrifice to the predator at her front.' Remus's golden eyes looked over her with visible hunger and want. Unable to coherently speak with Sirius slowly pushing and pulling behind her, Maya only nodded. Stop moving, Pads. Sirius halted immediately, though the whine he made let her know that he was a bit put out by the need to pause. Slowly, Remus entered her, inch by excruciating inch. Her eyes widened, her lips parted, inhaling sharply with her every new depth. She pressed her hands against Remus's chest, digging her nails in for purchase as she leant her head back on Sirius's shoulder. It was too much. It was uncomfortable and amazing at the same time. She was not sure if she was about to shatter into another orgasm or have the breath knocked out of her from being so incredibly full. The heat coming from all around her was stifling, but she yearned for more. Remus stared at her. No, Mooney stared at her, the wolf inside of him pacing behind his eyes with a needy lust. She could feel it, as though their physical connection linked her closer to him than ever before. She could feel the pulsating desire, unaware whether or not it was her own yearning or theirs. It wasn't just sex or the inevitable orgasm that was quickly building for each of them. No, she could feel the hunger, Mooney's primal need to dominate, to bite and claim and mark, sealing the pack together. The stillness was almost unmanageable, and Sirius must have agreed because he shifted and Maya gripped onto Remus's shoulders to balance herself. The small movement from behind her, building inside of her, nearly tipped her over the precipice of sanity. Remus groaned. Bloody hell. Oh, fuck. We need... Oh, fuck. Coordination, Sirius mumbled inarticulately. At his words, Remus nodded his head against Maya's shoulder, slowly, the two found a rhythm while she writhed between their sweat-soaked bodies. I... I can't... Maya cried, feeling her body begin to break down. It was too much, too powerful. The additional pull of magic around her only made everything that much more sensitive. I need... Please, Remus... He stared into her eyes, his golden irises nearly glowing in the dark. Do you... Do you feel that? Sirius moaned from behind her, and both she and Remus nodded in reply. The magical silver cord wrapped around them tightly, squeezing, binding, and pulling them. The pack bond. Remus? Maya whimpered again. Sirius tilted her head to the side once more, presenting her neck and shoulder to Remus, while he captured her lips with his own in a soul-searing kiss. The magic was building and building around them, and it hit them all at once. The silver cord of the pack bond tightened almost painfully before releasing them simultaneously. The moment that Remus bit down, piercing her shoulder, Maya felt the hot spring inside of her body burst. In the aftermath of their ritual coupling, Maya hissed as each of the men eased away from her. 
knees buckling. They collapsed into a pile on the grass, legs intertwined, wiping blood from his mouth. Sirius stared into Maya's eyes. His color had returned to his face almost instantly, as well as the sparkle in his green eyes. He grinned and leant forward, kissing her soundly. Thank you, he said, as he broke the kiss. Maya smiled, pleased to see the life returning to him. Remus looked over his shoulder, and she shifted to follow his line of sight to Sirius, who was exhaustedly spent behind her, lazily picking at the fresh scar on his shoulder that magically matched her own. Thank you, Pads. Sirius sluggishly waved Remus off, turning onto his side so that he could nuzzle into the nest of Maya's hair, chuckling deeply as he muttered, No thanks needed. I should share more often. And that's the chapter! And the end of the season. Cat looks very confused, which I was kind of expecting. I I don't... Maybe the other one is... Di- I don't get it. I... I don't get it. Yep. You will. Like, that doesn't do... A th- like, I just... you You hyped it up... This is the, obviously not the adult version, and that doesn't do, sorry. Like like Shia said in the author's note, this one is more focused on the emotions and the feelings and what's going on magically. The other one is focused on the smut. So, like, when I first read this one, I was like, "I I think I know what happened, but, like... But did it? But I feel like Hannah Beth, how many cha- or how many paragraphs did we skip? Well, I need y'all to I have to show you my tally because it looks like psychotic ramblings. Because I it's like half a paragraph there and a paragraph there and three paragraphs here and then half another one and so it look anyway, I added it up. It's also that was gonna be super lovely sounding in a microphone. Sorry. <laughs> um but it, it's like roughly twenty paragraphs. But it's like all in like you know, three sentences here and half a sentence here and, like, it's all piecemealed. Like, I can totally see how reading it just that way. It would be it's, yeah, because you've never read the fanfiction version, have you? No. And yeah. So much gets left out. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and that's why, like, when I finished this chapter, I was like, okay, but what did they do? Like, clearly she had sex with Remus, but, like, what was Sirius doing? Did he? It felt like, but maybe, but maybe not. Like, I can't. So... You are not alone, and we will be reading the AO3 version later this week, and then you will understand. I was about to ask, are we clarifying now, or are we waiting till no, she no, hears no, this, no, 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 we are clarifying later, at a later date, right. because it, it is, that's, that's kind of why I wanted to read the fanfiction version, is because it's the fanfic version of vague booking. It's like, okay, something happened. But I don't know what, like, I think I know, but maybe I don't know. And that's, that's actually kind of why I like this one. It's sort of a tease. So, the good... Wait, I want to know, Kat, what do you think happened? Like, I know that you don't know completely, but, like, what have you pieced together? How long have you known me? I don't piece (laughs) together anything. Like, oh, that was I, almost I, so dangerous. I almost had chocolate milk shoot out of my nose. I, oh my I just, I, I, I feel like when I found out that you all were, whatever the word is that Shia used about you teasing me about the Tonks thing, like, I feel let down. Like, I feel like you hyped something up so much and then I got let down. I do feel like Claire slightly overhyped it, but that's... <laughs> but again, it's... But, but I, I, the AO3 version is worth hyping. Because, like, the, the right AO3 now, I feel like a I feel like a major disappointment because <laughs> I feel like I didn't react in the way that you thought I would, but it's not my fault because that wasn't, like... Yeah, no, this... I, no offense to Shia's no, writing, no, 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 but no. that didn't it, do nothing for no, her. No, like, she knows that it's very vague. It's like, very... She, like that's, and that's, she openly she, admits that. She actually offered to edit it to make it more clear and slightly raunchier so that it would be more clear to you what happened. Because she was... Because I told her when I had first read this, I wasn't sure entirely what had happened in the orchards. 
And it wasn't until I read the AO3 version that I was like, oh, that is what happened. But yeah. like. So she did actually offer to go in and edit just this chapter so that it was super clear and like. And also I told her not to, so be mad at me, not shy. <laughs> so, I've been mad at you for 29 years of my that's life. Right. I think it's like, okay. Right now. That's just like kind of what our friendship is built on. <laughs> but like, seriously, you hyped I, I, it up way too much. because You was haven't. AO3. And also, and also because of. Like now. But you know what? It also probably is my fault on some level too, because since I lack certain experiences, I don't piece things together because that's just the side how I wanted to live my life. No, so, it's, I, it's like, not even that. I think like you and you openly admit this, and we've talked about like you know the reason that I read this to you and all that kind of stuff. With do you mind if I use the name of it? Do you mind if people? I really don't okay. care. I have no shame in my game. Okay. Yeah. No. I just wanted to make sure before I like outed your diagnosis. I. So I, I don't care. One of the things with Fragile X is you don't always pick up on hints. Like you have a very like straightforward brain. So like it with I found with Cat like I can't hint at things because she won't get it. I have to say what I need very like bluntly. Ex- yeah, yeah, explicitly. It, it, it's so like that's part of, and I know that kind of drives some of you know our listeners nuts. They're like, "How are they not? She's not figuring this out." It's the same reason why I'm reading this story to her is she because of the fragile X stuff. Like her brain doesn't process things the same way the rest of us do. That being said, she's really fucking good at a lot of shit that I'm not. Like she, oof. again, she's got a PhD. I don't. <laughs> so like it has pluses and minuses, but one of the things that she does kind of struggle with is picking up on clues so yes i should have realized that by super reading the super vague version it was probably going to be a bit of a letdown i do feel bad that i hyped it but i promise ao3 is punch you in the face very clear explicit detail on on what happens. yeah and i was (laughs) noticing like in the pieces that were cut it would be like like a couple of words would be changed in a sentence Mm -hmm. And, and it makes it... It totally changes the meaning. It completely. So, completely yeah. changes the meaning. Yeah, because, like, okay, I am just... God help me. Uh, give me two seconds. You know how I feel right now? Remember that time when you called me up and you were all mad that, well, can't Jimmy and I get pregnant? And then, like, two days later, hey, guess what? And I was like, you... <laughs> You such a liar. That's how I feel right now. I will say, like, you, like the way she was starting at the beginning, I was like, "This is overblown. This is not gonna. This is gonna go. This is too much. Yeah, this is gonna it's go too, badly. It's too far." I will say, at least this way, we're reading the Ao3 version relatively soon, so it's not like totally missing. Yeah, you're not. I mean, we're reading it this week mainly because that's when it best aligned with my husband's. Uh, schedule right but i'm but. saying like other ao3 chapters we've waited like three or four weeks to yeah. read and so at least this way you'll have and i will say even having read only the ao3 version of this story rereading it i pick up on stuff that i didn't catch the first time so you get it, it'll get details filled in and you'll be like wow oh. Yeah, so... So I would not feel that bad. Yeah, so, like, the part at the beginning where they first walk into Remus's room and he's like, what the fuck's going on? Um, and so Sirius, like, opens her robe, right? And Remus's lips part a little bit. Uh, Maya and Remus keep eye contact. Um, Sirius had his chest pressed against her back tightly, lips mouthing the side of her neck while arms wound themselves around her waist, one hand palming her breast while the other slipped south and dipped into the apex of her thighs. That's what the fanfiction version said. When Sirius's finger brushed against her clit, Maya gasped and arched her back a little, still staring at Remus with her mouth open. She imagines that had he not been so... Like, she drops more of the explicit terms, so it's not just Sirius's hand goes a little south. Like, he is, like, doing things. F- clearly and fingering yeah, her. Yeah, clearly fingering yeah. her. And that's why Remus would probably leave if he could, but he's too sick. Like, it is very blatant what Sirius does to her. So, like, that's, yeah. So, like, it, it'll it make a lot more sense when the details are back in. Okay. Okay. 
So it's you, not me. Correct. (laughs) Yes, correct. I (laughs) overblew the wrong version. But, oh, God. Yeah, hello. Hi. Oh, no, it's like. (laughs) Oh, my God. I'm reading ahead and I'm just like, oh, hello. (laughs) Yeah. It's it's very clear what's going on. And it's also. Oh, oh, God, I forgot. Sirius starts like fingering her while she's kissing Remus. And oh, my God. Okay, yeah. No, so it's a lot more. But it's also it's not just that. It's also that like and this is one of my favorite like running things on fangasm is that Lindsay Rush is like ha okay but how do how do bodies do that like where how are you laying the, 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 Shia has <laughs> openly and admitted so, or is this so where you're going yeah, yeah 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 so like that's one of like Lindsay's least favorite things about fan fiction and one of her constant complaints is she's like Bodies what don't the bend fuck like are that. they even doing? Yeah, or bodies don't go that way, or you know, like what is happening? And so, the AO3 version and every single chapter that does this, like, Chai has openly talked about on the Fire Whiskey and Honey page, like on the original page, about how she used to be, like call her husband and be like, um, "Hey, I need you to come here for a second and see if I do this that you could do this, or if I do you do this that I could still." And, like, moves, like, bodily positions to, like, make sure it's physically, feasibly possible. The one so that like, gets me, though. It's is, super clear. Like, I And I just think I figured it out. So when Sirius, when they're all together in the orchard, and it says that Sirius bears her shoulder and her neck, but then he's kissing her. And I'm like, and of course, none of you guys can see me doing this, but it's like, okay, so if he goes like this and, like, pulls her head, but he's behind her. So how the fuck are they, like... Is she like this? And he's like, is he that tall? Like, how is that working? So that is my only question, Shia, is how is she kissing Sirius behind her while also having her neck exposed? My spine's fucked so like <laughs> Well, fine. I just have a crickety neck. <laughs> this is why I go to a chiropractor. <laughs> I mean, I also get a neck, but like... I just, maybe it's just because I have a short neck. I always wanted a swan neck, and instead I got like... I don't know about swan neck, but I have a really long neck. No, you have a swan neck. Shut the fuck up. I've got like a toad but neck. It, you know how long? It's not a toad. How long, how long is the neck of a toad? Toads don't have necks. Exactly. <laughs> you have a clear defined neck though. So therefore. Okay. So slightly longer than the neck of a toad, but not like a turtleneck. Like, cause turtlenecks are really long. So are swan necks. I've got like, you've got a swan neck. I've got like. A mallard neck. I used to hate how far it was between my shoulders and my chin because the like turtlenecks don't go that far up I on my. Can't chin, wear like, turtlenecks; they go too high up. Well, and so like they don't go that high up on me, so I always feel like they look dumb. They look like bad. Oh my like god! Mock, uh, mock, mock turtles. Yeah, mock turtlenecks, and it, like they're not. Well, and so well, it used to bother me as a kid that it, we couldn't make it full yeah. right. Because I was like, oh, stop talking about it. I hate turtlenecks. So I cannot stand anything. I barely like wearing t-shirts. Anyway, but yes. Okay. I do feel bad because now everybody's going to be like, that season five finale and she's disappointed, but it's fine. She won't be disappointed later this week. Wink, wink. Oh, and we also have two AO3 versions to read. So she's going to get double whammy of the bathtub and then the orchard. So, like, does is the bathtub... When when does the Hagen dawes get involved? But anyway, this is the season five finale. We did manage to finish it before I went into labor, which was the goal for this ep- this season. So, like, go team! Super proud of all of us. And thank you to Kat and Hannah Beth, who gave up significantly more of your time than I have ever demanded for this show. So thank you for the not flying to Tennessee and ripping my head off when I was like, hey, so we're recording tonight, by the way, be ready. Also, you need to eat dinner early. Bye! (laughs) And they just kind of went with it. So you two are both amazing. I appreciate you both. And especially Hannah Beth for, like, editing while you're, you know, dealing with morning sickness. And Kat, who is on the job hunt and already stressed out with lots of other things. So, like, there's a lot going on in everybody's life right now. And you guys still made time to make this work so thank you thank you thank you thank you my child will now be named james daniel Catherine hannah beth i'm kidding uh, my husband might actually kill me but 
It's too many names. I'm just telling you. I grew up Claire, Ariane, Jude, Dolan, Heitlinger. The kid can deal with it. There's a reason that fucking Blaze called me Claire, Ariane, uh, what was it? Maria, Consuela, uh, <laughs> Tamagotchi, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> he just kept adding names. But anyway, the funny thing is, though, I think my first and middle names all combined were still shorter than Cat's first and middle names all combined. Your name sounds like a Romanoff princess. I don't want to hear it. That was I the know. goal. <laughs> Which is unfortunate because it's not cool to be Russian anymore. I mean, it's cool to be old Russian, just not... I'll, it's just not cool to be Putin. I feel like everything else is fine. As long as you're not Putin, you're good. <laughs> Putin. Like P-O-O-T-I-N. Nobody likes people who poop. Anyway, um, I'm a grown-up. It's fine. But season five, this is also your final reminder. If you've not done so already, please have all of your Q&A questions into us by end of business day, Friday, the day this premieres. We are probably going to try and record that weekend. Um... No promises, but we will, you know, put a post in the Facebook group to remind you. Uh, if you send them on Twitter, if you send them on Instagram, if you send them to our email, we will get them. Please just send us lots of questions. We love having those, uh, whether it's for us, whether it's for Shy, it doesn't really matter. But we always love hearing from you guys. Um, another extra special shout out for the amount of fan mail we got this season. And also, if you just want to send us, like, even just a letter or anything... We love getting shit. Actually, you know, it'd be really cool that nobody's ever done. Nobody ever asks us to sign shit. I don't know what we would sign, but I feel like that would be cool. I don't know if any of you want our autographs. We're not very famous, but that would be a cool thing to knock off the bucket list. (laughs) Stop rolling your eyes at me, Hannah Beth. I embrace my inner celebrity, even if it is only for about a thousand people. And it's not only a thousand. Claire thinks that when the virus goes away, we can go to LeakyCon. People are going to be like, sign my boob. Okay, they're not going to ask me to sign their boob. They're going to ask me to sign the inside of their thigh, just like Sirius did on Maya. Anyway... Like, I'm gonna go get your name tattooed on myself. That's what she thinks is gonna happen. Annabeth, I think, just got a migraine from this conversation. It's fine. This is what she puts up with. She deals with us. But (sighs) I'm just imagining. Yeah, I know. Sweaty in her thighs at a con. That's all I can think about. And it. Also, did LeakyCon already get moved? Because I feel like it was about to get moved. Yeah. Okay, perfect. I can go. I think it did. Yeah. Nice. Great. Where? Where is it Boston uh, this year? No, it's, it's still Orlando and Denver. They just keep pushing it back. It was supposed to be somewhere yeah. in Orlando and then uh, winter in Denver. I will not be going. <laughs> Okie dokie. Well, no, it's like 2022. Oh, did it get yes. pushed back from this yes. year? Yeah. That's why. Like, that's why I was asking. It people got pushed got, back people again. People got germs, man. It got pushed back again. <laughs> the Orlando one has... Oh, yeah, I was about okay. to say, Orlando is definitely 2022, which is what we had tickets to. So, that being said... Oh, and now... Okay, so I had bought the ticket, and then... Because I was going to go... Before we even started the podcast, I had the ticket, because I just wanted to go. And then... We were going to get one for Kat through another podcast, but that didn't become a thing. And then I just realized, I was like, oh, no, now we're going to have to buy Kat a ticket. We can. We can afford it. Thanks, guys. Um, but, again, all of you guys are wonderful. And speaking of our awesome Patreons who allow us to do this kind of crap, we'd like to thank all of our July patrons. We are going to thank the Foxes, Amanda, Amara, Amber, April, Ash, Audrey, Becky, Camille, Kara, Cassie, Catherine, Carissa, Chelsea, Claire, Crystal, Dan, Emma, Fro, Holly, Hannah, Heather, Jackie, Jade, Jenny, Fleur, Jillian, Just Face It Podcast, Kara, Kenny, Chris, Laura, Leanne, Linda, Lynn, Mar, Martina, Melissa, Michelle, 
Miriam, Misha, Muggle Trucker, Olivia, Paige, Rachel, Rebecca, Roshan, Ryder, Ryland, Samantha, Sarah, 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 Shannon, Shona, Stacy, Sylvia, and Tori. Thank you, thank you, thank you for giving us your hard-earned galleons and muggle plastic, and we thank you for the support of Fire Whiskey and Honey. Thank you. And again, thank you so much to all of our July patrons. I do feel really bad because your month is so short in terms of episodes, um, but know that we love and appreciate every single one of you and every dollar you give us. You guys are wonderful. We will also be thanked in the first week of August while we wait for all of those to process. And then we'll continue on to our August patrons on the 13th. So, for the last time. Oh, wait, no, I can't even say it. You can't say we'll see you next Fire Whiskey Friday because there isn't one. Yeah, we'll put out the Q&A. It'll still be next Fire Whiskey Friday for the patrons. Oh, yeah, no, never mind. It will still be next Friday if you're a patron. So, Kat, we will see you next. <laughs> Fire Whiskey Friday. <laughs> oh, that was so aggressive. <laughs> Thank you for listening to another episode of Fire, Whiskey, and Honey. A special thank you to Shyalani for allowing us to read your story. And thank you to Blue Ivy Creations for creating our logo and Hannah Beth for editing our episodes. You can find us on Instagram at FWHpod. And on Twitter at FWHpodcast. And on our website, FWHpod.com. If you enjoy this podcast and would like to support and get extra content, please support us on Patreon and review us on Apple Podcasts. Thank you to those who support us already. We wouldn't be here without you. See you next Fire Whiskey Friday.